You choose Columbus Business First every week to give you the inside industry intelligence for nearly every business sector in central Ohio. And Columbus Business First chose Crate Media as its official podcast partner for its unique show, Women of Influence, now 70 episodes strong. With 4 million shows, hundreds of millions of listeners, and industry advertising revenues approaching $4 billion, podcasting is the fastest growing audio medium in the U.S. From law to medical, construction to automotive, retail to real estate, every brand has a story. Let Crate Media help tell yours. Visit crate.media slash CBF to learn more about how we can help while receiving a free one-hour casting session with our expert producers, which will help to uncover and shape your company's branded podcast. To learn more about sponsoring Columbus Business First Women of Influence podcast, please email Advertising Director Steve Hewitt at shewitt at bizjournals.com to get started. That's S-H-E-W-I-T-T at bizjournals.com. Howdy, y'all. This is Eleanor Kennedy, Assistant Managing Editor of Columbus Business First and the host of this podcast, Women of Influence. This podcast features conversations with Columbus's leading women in business in which they talk about how they gained power, how they keep it, and how other women can follow in their footsteps. Today, we're chatting with Lisa Ingram, CEO of White Castle. Thank you for joining us, Lisa. Thank you for having me, Eleanor. I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to have you here in yes, our home, Yes, that's home. what I was going to say. I wanted to start by making note of the fact that this is our first podcast on the road. We are in the brand new White Castle headquarters over here at the Reach on Goodale is yes. the development. So I think I just want to start kind of pretty open-endedly. Tell me how you are feeling about the whole move and the project and everything as it stands today. Yeah, well, I am super excited to be in our new space. You know, it's sad to watch our old building come down. As yeah, it's it is doing, no longer standing. Yeah, as, as we it's stand doing this today. week, it is finally coming down. But it is so much fun to be in this new space. Our new space has a lot of natural light, a lot of open spaces, a lot of collaboration. It has a cool slide. <laughs> you know, it has a throne. It has a great cafe. So our team members have been really, really excited about the new space and about all of the great opportunities that they get to have in this space to collaborate, to have some fun, and to get some work done. So it's been wonderful. It's been really fun. And you guys officially made the move into this space four months ago? Yeah, we moved in middle to end of October. Mm -hmm. And so it's been great. Uh, You Mm -hmm. know, there's always that challenge with going into a new space and especially such a dramatic um, from where we were, where, you know, we had long hallways and everybody, almost everybody had offices to where we have much more open spaces. Nobody has offices, but we have lots of meeting rooms and spaces where people can collaborate, can go for privacy and just do what they need to get done. And So that adaption to change is always hard, but once people got in here, once they got all their stuff moved in, they saw where their new space was going to be, they saw how much much of their stuff they could bring and put in their new desk, it's been wonderful, and our team has been really, really excited to be here, and we're very happy with how it turned out. Yeah, and now, correct me if I'm wrong, do you yourself have an office? I do not have an office. Oh, man. So So nobody has an office. (laughs) I figured, you know, if I'm going to lead with that, if I'm going to say, you know, nobody's having an office, I have to lead, Mm -hmm. and it's been really fun. It's been great. It allows me to be closer to my team, so all my team sits together, and none of us have offices, and so... You know, I can just say, hey, you know, hey to my CFO, hey to my CEO, let's talk about this. So they bring over a chair and we just sort of huddle in my room or, or huddle in my area or mm-hmm. then we go find a, a room if we need to have more Got private conversation. Yeah. So gotcha. it's been great. 
Terrific. And tell me a little bit about this whole project. Has that been, you know, you are CEO of a, a restaurant and frozen food company. Has has that added also kind of overseeing a big commercial development to your list, or have you really delegated that? Well, I feel very fortunate to have a great team to delegate that to because commercial real estate development is not necessarily my, <laughs> my forte or my strength. And I have really smart people that work for me that have been on top of it, that have been making sure that we have the best plans and we picked the best partner in Elford, that we have a look that honors our heritage, but also embraces the future that fits with this whole development, because not only do we have the building that we're currently sitting in, but we're also developing another office building, apartments, um, because that will help to make this really a campus feel. Yeah. It'll be a great gateway to the city. It's, you know, they do a lot of renderings for what's what the buildings are going to look like, but the view that we've gotten on 670 mm-hmm. and the image that that gives to the brand and the company overall, I think, has really been positive, and we're really excited about how our new look portrays in the community and also with the brand. Yeah, and what is the what's kind of the next thing to come online? Will we see the apartments, the office building? So the office building is currently being worked on, and the apartments are coming along as well. I think um, all of that's I think going to finish in the middle of the year, so that. It'll be exciting to have some tenants in those buildings and in the apartments utilizing the space. And it's been great. We've been really excited and happy with the progress. You can really foresee some, like, young, early college grad telling his mom, like, I'm moving to White Castle. Right, or yeah, very yeah, about yeah. I mean, you know, it, and as I said, we've had, we've had just tremendous, I have tremendous people here, and we've had tremendous partners, whether that's, you know, Elford, which I mentioned, uh-huh. or our, you know, banking partners of Chase and West Banco have been fabulous to help us sort of realize this vision of developing this whole property to be a great segue into the city and well as a great representation of the brand. Yeah, well, and last thing kind of on the development piece, obviously you're going to be speaking at our Power Breakfast about all this kind of, you know, this northern section of downtown and kind of the connection to Grandview really right. developing. There's going to be a soccer stadium, essentially. I know, which is really exciting. That direction, which doesn't work when I'm on a podcast. Is that, you know, that kind of way the development is pushing towards y'all and also coming from Grandview, was that something you thought about as you came up with this plan that we need to shake up what White Castle Well, like? you know, we what we thought of is is that we wanted to have a, a so we've been in that building since 1934 and it's mm-hmm. been our home for a really long time and so we wanted to make sure that we were building a building that was going to be our home for you know another 80 or 90 years and in addition we wanted to make sure that we were giving back to the community so that's part of the reason why we developed the community center the fives at goodale which is an amazing event space that can be used for weddings or parties or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, it's also going to have a grassy amphitheater in front of it Um, and then we have the office building, the other office building, and the apartment. So it's a great mixed-use development that really adds to the vibrancy of Columbus. Mm -hmm. It's a great, as I said, gateway from Grandview, which is doing amazing development into the city and will provide amazing views of not only the city, but obviously the the soccer stadium as well. We were very pleasantly surprised when that happened because all of our plans were submitted before the Uh soccer stadium was (laughs) announced. So that's just even better. And it it provides a lot of um, continuity and, co- and connectivity, which yeah. I think is values of Columbus. Well, talking a little bit about that, that long history that the company has and connecting that to starting to get to know a little bit more about you, okay. did you grow up knowing that this is what you would be doing with your <laughs> life? <laughs> no. No. I actually grew up, um, I 
couple of things. I wanted to be a lawyer, mm-hmm. which my father was not, he was supportive of, but that wasn't, that wasn't necessarily what he had hoped for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to get the heck out of Ohio, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I was young and I wanted warmer weather and big city. So I went to Dallas and went to college there and then worked for a computer company out after college and had a great opportunity to live in a different place. Mm-hmm. And during that time, Columbus also went through, started its renaissance and mm-hmm. its revitalization. And so when I came back in 1997 to work at the company, because I wanted to figure out whether it was something I wanted to do, Columbus is so much cool, it was so much mm-hmm. cooler than when I left mm-hmm. and continues to be a great place to live, work, and play. Mm-hmm. And... So I was really excited to come back to Columbus, and I love Columbus. I think, you know, whatever you want to do, whether it's culturally, you want to see the ballet, the symphony, you know, you want to do sporting events, you want to uh, ride in Pelotonia, you want to do whatever, you can do it here in, Col- mm-hmm. in Columbus, which wasn't always the case. And so it's really fun to see the city blossom and create such great spaces for the uh, citizens to do the things that they love. Gotcha. When you came back to work at the company, was your dad CEO? My dad was still CEO, yes. Yes. So I came back in like 1997. Okay. I date myself for a while, yeah. Uh, And what was that like? (laughs) So, you know, my dad, I didn't work directly for my dad. So I worked in marketing um, and did that for a couple of years. And then I left and got my MBA at Ohio State. Mm -hmm. And then I came back after that and worked in operations. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time that I worked for my dad. And my dad is a really great leader. He's very soft-spoken, but he's one of those leaders that lets you try a lot of things and lets you have a lot of leeway to forge your own path and to get the results that you need to get in a way that might be different from how he has done it. And so I've always felt very fortunate to my father and the third generation for being Mm -hmm. so invested and supportive of myself and my other fourth generation family members that work in the business Mm -hmm. because we're all really excited about being here. We all love the brand and want to continue to make sure that we are honoring their legacy, but also building our own legacy. Do y'all like talk about White Castle at Christmas or do you (laughs) try to, you know, separate some? I think we try to separate some things, but we do have a, so you know, I'm fourth generation. My children and my siblings' children and my cousins' children are all fifth generation. So every year we have a family meeting mm. where we bring all of the family members in. So we have third generation, fourth generation, and fifth generation. Mm-hmm. We talk about the business. We talk about you know how the company is doing, what challenges we have. We bring a lot of my management team in to have conversations with the family, answer all their questions. And then we also talk about, you know, what does it mean to be an owner and what does it mean to be a family business and what what are our highest aspirations for the business in the future? And that allows us to have a lot of time to talk about the business. Yeah. But it also allows us to have some fun time together. So usually at the holidays, unless there's something crazy going on, we get to spend time as a family and not have to uh, talk about business. Yeah. And so are your kids, we were talking about them before we started recording, they're still younger. They are still younger, yes. Are they interested in You know, um, (laughs) I think that like my father and I believe like my aunts and uncles, I want them to pursue what they're passionate about. Mm -hmm. And so if that ends up 
being White Castle, great, but they still have to go work someplace else first. Okay. And then they could come back and they could work at White Castle if that's something that they wanted to do. And we had a job that was appropriate to their skills. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. You mentioned that one of the things you'll talk about at those family meetings is, you know, aspirations for the brand. So what are what are your biggest aspirations for White Castle right now? My biggest aspiration for White Castle is that we have great success as we turn 100 in 2021. So that's going to be a very big milestone mm-hmm. in the history of the company and to be able to be part of that, to celebrate the company, but also setting the company up for success in its second century is really fun to think about, but also very daunting because you want to be the generation. We've had three very successful generations. I obviously, along with my cousins and my siblings that work here, want to make sure that our generation continues to grow the brand, continues to make sure that it's a fun place and a, um, a place that people want to work and that we're giving great memorable moments to our customers that continue to um, fuel the brand love for generations to come. Is there anything specific that you've already got in the works for 2021? Or? Yeah, I mean, we're, I think we're going to have a big party, um, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and I think we're going to have some stuff that's focused for our customers to celebrate our customers. We're definitely going to have stuff to celebrate our customers, to celebrate our team members, and to celebrate our vendor partners. Mm-hmm. We've had some of our partners that have been with us a long time. Chase is one of our banking partners that's been with us for a long time. Uh, we've been one of Coca-Cola's longest restaurant companies. Mm-hmm. And so we want to make sure that we're celebrating all of those different constituencies that, that have helped make us successful in our first yeah. 100 years. And you've got this beautiful new building. And we do. We have a beautiful it. new building <laughs> to show off. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's transition just some more general questions about you. And this is a big one that you can take any direction you want. What's the biggest challenge that you have faced in your career? You know, I think that the biggest challenge is... When you have a brand that's so beloved by a lot of customers, you want to make sure that you continue to honor that, but you also have to make sure that that brand is adapting to changing consumer um, demands. So I'll give you some examples. So we started in 1921, and we served the same five products for 41 years. In 1962, we went crazy and did our first product development and added a slice of cheese to (laughs) our burger. That's the first um, product development that we did. That is great for that time, and we still were very successful. But today, consumers really want a lot of different choice. They want different choice. They want different flavors. You know, you may have a car where one person's a vegetarian, one person um, only eats chicken, and the other people really love the the original slider. And so how do you, as a company, continue to honor your past and your history that has made you successful in the future, but also continue to adapt to the changing customer needs? And that's a delicate balance because there, I've had lots of, you know, as we were sort of going through this transition to be more innovative, to offer more products, I had a lot of team members that would tell me, you know what, Lisa, we just need to sell more hamburgers. And I'm like, yeah, I'd really love to sell more hamburgers. <laughs> if you look at the trends, though, in beef, beef is declining. So yeah. that's a risk. If we're only going to focus on selling hamburgers, that's a potential risk to the company. So let's sell a lot of hamburgers, but let's also sell a great chicken slider. Let's also sell a great veggie slider, our amazing breakfast slider that's on um, this Belgian waffle that we buy from Belgium and ship over here. And recently, we introduced the Impossible Slider, yeah. which is a plant-based product. Okay. So let's sell all of those, and let's sell more hamburgers. Uh-huh. So that's one example, I think, that has been probably the biggest challenge because you, you know, when you're making that decision, you're, 
you're shaping the future legacy that will be told about your company. And we obviously have had many, 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 many years of being very successful at selling one particular product. And so to branch out like that could be viewed as a risk, but in our minds it was viewed as the right alternative because we were listening to customers and watching consumer trends. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. What is your favorite White Castle. My now. favorite White Castle <laughs> is a. I think you've uh, gotten this question before. Yeah, so I have a double cheeseburger, bottoms up with extra pickle. Which what is bottoms yeah, up? So I mean, this bottoms. Is, this is sort of a uh, insider thing. So they take oh. they take the two bottom buns and put them together. Um, so you get more. There's less bread. Oh. Uh, and so I really like that. I, Interesting. I, you get a lot. I think you get a lot more flavor. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know. See, this is what as as. Loyal followers of my work will know I've never eaten White Castle. I know. Before. I read that about you, and I was like, oh, my gosh. You should try them. Yes, yes. And then I would understand. <laughs> right, yes. Um, so but yeah, I'll so keep I love, mind, the, I love the double. Thing. Yeah, I love yeah. the double. But I love our, you know, our breakfast slider is another really great um, product that I eat probably two or three times a week. And our smoothies. Mm -hmm. We have great fruit smoothies. Some, the strawberry lemonade is one of my favorites. Oh, okay. Oh, all good to know. Yeah. How many hours a week? Are you working? How many hours a week am yeah. I working? Well, I think it depends on the, the week. So like <laughs> this week, I was I flew to New York on Saturday night. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'll be working a lot more hours this week. You know, I think it depends on what what's going on in the week and how what different challenges that we have. But I think as a CEO, I mean, you're always working, even yeah. when I'm not here. Even if I'm at a kid's soccer game, you know, I'm, I'm available to answer a question if they need me so yeah, yeah. I think that's sort of the out. role of the CEO is mm -hmm. that you know while you may not physically be at work you're always um, available if needed and so how do you unwind or, or check out when you have you know had it super stressful yeah so you know I am um, I'm a runner so I um, I definitely look to running to help relieve stress and to help me think clearly mm -hmm. which is great for me I also am thanks to one of our team members I got involved in Pelotonia yeah. so I do Pelotonia do the hundred this will be my fourth year doing it so I love doing that I also really like spending time with my kids. So I'm a big fan of the Star Wars movies. Uh -huh. I have three boys, so Star Wars and Marvel movies are uh, okay. something that I'm very passionate about and really enjoy. So have you all watched The Mandalorian? We have not. You know, I oh don't my God, I Baby don't Yoda. I know, I don't have Disney we don't have Disney Plus. Uh, and so I need to get it because the all of the memes about Baby Yoda yes. look really, really fun. Yeah. And so I'm sure that I would enjoy it. We we gave in and got Disney Plus Did about you? a week ago and yeah. mainlined the Mandalorian. Yeah. So yeah. kind of to the subject of this podcast, which is about women in positions of power, what does gender parity look like at White Castle? Obviously you're a female CEO. Do you right. have a lot of other women on your leadership team? Yes. Yeah. So on my leadership team I'm trying to I want to make sure I get my numbers correct. Um, so I have eight direct reports. Two of them are women. So not yet where I want it to be. Our stats in the restaurants or in the rest of the company are, are moving in the right direction. So 63% of our positions are women. 38% um, are minority. So okay. we're very proud about that. 
when I first came into the position in operations, one of the things that we looked at was the diversity across mm-hmm. the company. And as I said, we're not yet where we want to be, but we are moving in the right direction. So we used to have, you know, we had this position called regional directors that 100% of them were men. And today we have five women out of eight. Oh, so okay. we are definitely moving in the right direction. Three out of the eight are um, minority. So again, moving in the right direction. On our board, we have um, three women out of eight. So again, mm-hmm. we're looking at all of the different levels to make sure that we are moving in the right direction. We're not yet where we want to be, but we are moving in the direction. And, and it's really looking at all of those positions and saying, okay, what kind of diversity? So it's not only gender, but ethnicity and orientation and just different life experiences is also what we are looking for. As an organization that promotes heavily from within, a lot of that comes from our population that we have in the restaurants. We've had a lot of people in the restaurants move into the home office, and that's been very great for them. But we can continue to do more. Yeah, is that just essentially being mindful of it as you're, you know, looking at hiring and promotions, or are there any specific steps you've? So we've done more than just being mindful. So, but we are very mindful. We look at our bench and make sure that the bench that we're pulling from is diverse from Mm -hmm. all of the things that we care about, um, ethnicity, gender, etc. We also look at opportunities for that bench and other leaders to have different trainings. So we've done unconscious bias training Mm -hmm. in this office. We also send about 40 people to a a conference called the Women's Food Service Forum. Mm -hmm. That it is a great industry conference that does a lot of training around the importance of promoting women and how to be a great leader and how to be an inclusive leader. So we originally, when we started sending people, we we sent mostly women, and now we actually send 30 or 40% of the men because it's such a good conference mm-hmm. that we want them to have that exposure as well. So there's lots of things that we're looking at. We formed a diversity and inclusion team we continue to look for ways that we can improve our diversity across all levels. Like I said, we're not yet where we want to be, but we have made tremendous strides from where we were. If you were talking to somebody, you know, 22-year-old just entering the workforce, mm-hmm. kind of what's the number one piece of advice you would give them for building a career that might look a little bit like yours? I would say the number one piece of advice I would give is be open-minded. So no matter what job that you start with, that probably isn't the job that you're going to end your career with. And there are so many things that I learned in my first job, how to deal with office politics, how to deal with good and bad managers, how to deal with when you make a mistake. So I made a mistake in my first job out of college that I literally thought I was going to get fired for. And I had to go walk into my boss's office and tell them that I made this mistake and how that felt and how my manager handled it, all of those types of things Um, different cultures. You can learn so much in your first job if you're open to exposing yourself to different experiences. And each job that you take after that will allow you to have a lot of different experiences. So a lot of kids, when they come out of, you know, whether it's high school or college and they don't know what they want to do and they're, you know, trying to figure it out, go go work someplace. You Mm -hmm. will learn a lot of stuff about yourself And you will also learn about the things that you like and you don't like and the environments where you feel challenged in and environments where you may not want to repeat. 
And that will help guide you into what may ultimately end up your career, which you may figure out, you know, in a couple of years. And so I know a lot of people come out and say, well, I have to go change the world. I have to go do something, which is fabulous. But you can do those. You can be successful and you can have really interesting experiences that can help you get to your end point. It may not just be the first job that Mm -hmm. you get. And for someone like you, now that you're in this position, you're the CEO of a major company, sort of what do you, this is like a job interview question, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Kind of what are you striving for? Yeah, well, you know, hopefully I'm still uh, gainfully employed (laughs) at White Castle. But I would like to continue to be able to use my position to um, make a difference in the world. And whether that's making a difference with my children and making sure that I raise children who are kind and empathetic and thoughtful and adding value to the world, or whether I make a difference with the team members by providing them a place to work that they love, that they feel like they're being challenged, where they have lots of opportunity um, to provide more for their family than they ever thought that they would have, or whether that's my place in the community to make a difference in the nonprofits that I worked at, whether it's, you know, United Way or Ohio Health or whatever I may decide to focus on next. I just hope that I can make a difference Mm -hmm. because, you know, when my great-grandfather started the company, I don't know that he thought that, you know, in 1921 that he was going to build an iconic American brand and really leave a legacy on fast food and history And my whole goal is trying to figure out how do I continue his positive legacy momentum and create my little part of that legacy as well. And so I hope to be able to do that in all aspects of my life. Well, terrific. Seems like a great way to to wrap up our conversation. It's been a delight to talk to you and to learn more about White Castle. So thank you again, Lisa, and thanks for hosting us. Yes, thank you, Eleanor. Happy to have you.